you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode 407. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Today we're going to talk a lot about hope, joy, and love. Oh yeah, and I got some shout outs too. And the difference between a semi-automatic and a revolver. All that and more coming up next. Boom, 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 boom. This is the Black Man with the Gun Show. Pro-Gun Podcast. And I'm your host, Ken Blanchard. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, one and all. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being a part of this show. Thank you for just sending me encouragement. Me as far away as Australia. I am Ken Blanchard, and you can reach me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. My toll-free number, 888-675-0202. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get on it with episode 407. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, this week I was searching for a topic because, you know, everybody's into the Christmas mood and I didn't quite know what to do. And then on the last end, I caught a cold. So I'm fighting a cold right now. And, you know, you take some medicine and boom, your brain goes dead. So I went on Facebook and asked a couple of guys that were paying attention, what should I talk about today? And Shannon popped right up and said, dude, do the good and the bad and the ugly about revolvers and semi-automatic pistols, pluses and minuses, pros and cons. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. So here we go with that. Again, thanks, Shannon. A pistol is a handgun, but not all handguns are pistols. I got about 20 things I'm going to share with you. They're kind of back and forth from revolver to semi-automatic. They were also listed in the very first edition of Black Man with a Gun. I don't think I included it in the newer version of Black Man with a Gun Reloaded. Defining factor that makes a handgun a pistol is the chamber. Cylinders are in a revolver and it rotates and that separates the barrel from that. And a semi-automatic handgun has a barrel with the chamber built in, which means they're pistols. So revolvers and semi-autos are different just alone. So it can be a handgun, but not necessarily a pistol. Pistol have the chambers built in. Revolvers have a cylinder where the rounds are rotated around. Multiple chambers. Technically, there you go. Above all things, it's all personal taste. Now, back prior to 1985, almost every law enforcement entity was carrying revolvers. Yeah, they were. Semi-automatics came into, a, into hardcore play after a Miami shooting of police officers when everybody thought they were being outgunned and outmanned, so they wanted to have more firepower. And case study, we had the drug wars, the crack wars, the cocaine wars, and pretty much started the way things are now. So our ammo changed. Our needs changed. It was just cooler to have semi-automatics back in the day 
it was only a military thing and some elite forces had um, 45s. So why? Why revolvers versus semi-automatics? Well, for one, it's easier to teach loading, unloading, and safety on a revolver. And again, this is my opinion. But semi-automatics require more training time for unloading, safe handling, and disassembly. It also requires more frequent in-service training. I remember when Glocks first came out and they went to the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department. They just transitioned them, gave them to them over like a 24-hour period. There was 400 and some accidental discharges in the first year. So they turned them all in as being faulty, these Glocks, these plastic guns, and they weren't plastic at all, and they weren't faulty. But it's, it requires at least 40 hours of training if you're going to transition somebody from a revolver to a pistol like the Glock. Now, you just go to the store, you buy one, you don't even bat an eye that you haven't shot this thing before, you don't even know all the nuances of it. And you just kind of learn it from the beginning. But if you were going to transition from one system to another that you've been using for some time, it takes some time. Revolver can be difficult to learn to shoot because that long double action trigger and it's more difficult to learn efficient reloading. You can you can reload a semi-automatic pistol so much faster and it requires less training time to teach that accurate shooting because that short single action trigger, how it used to be. Um, now we have double stage triggers and all that even in the semi-autos. It didn't happen back in the 80s though. So some stuff has changed. For revolvers, slower recoil recovery and less controllability issues because you got smaller learning cycle. Semi-automatic pistol in comparison is um, you can get real cocky shooting a semi-auto because, you know, it takes less training time to get the hang of it. There's some little quirks with a revolver. But revolver is easier for beginners or weak shooters to handle because there's no slide, no slide stop, no magazine release or safety to operate on these on most But on the semi-auto, you might have to have more strength in pulling that slide back and operating that slide stop. Fingers and a whole bunch of stuff can get pinched. On the revolver side for training, it's less reliable because improper unloading techniques can cause malfunctions. But in comparison, on a semi-automatic pistol, it's nothing. You can really see what somebody's making a mistake on the reloading because it's only a few steps. Negative for the revolver, smaller ammunition capacity and slower to reload. But you can't tell that if you watch um, a Michelek on a reload. Or somebody who's done it for a while, a Masada you, somebody who's used to speed loaders or half moon clips who've trained in it. All my state police, all those guys who have been around a minute. Yeah, you can wheel a revolver like it's nothing. But semi-automatic, you will have a greater ammunition capacity and a faster reload and a better continuation of fire. Reloading speed um, is easier in the dark and while you're moving with a uh, semi-automatic pistol. Size. Gun is bulky for ammunition, capacity, and power on a revolver. Just is. And controversially, guns can be easily concealed with an equivalent power and capacity for a semi-automatic pistol. But that was before the bug guns. 
It's a big uh, backup gun. Big push to have really small revolvers now. That wasn't the case back in the day. One of the things I like about revolvers is it's less vulnerable to ammunition failure. If you get a click instead of a bang, you just pull the trigger again. And if something does happen, it's less, it's easier, well, not easier, it's harder to fix in the field if your revolver jams. That joker just hinges up the whole thing and you're done. Semi-automatic pistols are vulnerable to ammunition fail. They rely on ammunition to work. But there's like, what, five malfunctions? Yeah. And once you learn them, you can quickly clear them. Revolvers are more forgiving of careless handling. More foolproof for issue of large number of police officers of varying ability, training, and carefulness. I think semi-automatic pistols are more efficient, though, for law enforcement. And even though they require more training, they're not as safe as revolvers for, in general, if you say, like, all uses, all um, abilities. Now, some people say it's slower. Less accurate, but I don't think so. I think you can make uh, some serious dot the eyes and cross the T-shots with a revolver. Because once you learn your firearm, you can be a marksman. You can shoot faster and accurately, and you have a shorter trigger travel and less perceived and felt recoil on a semi-auto. Because if you tune that thing right, get it to you, um, you know its capabilities. You know how far the trigger pull is going to be. You can really wheel it. On the plus side for revolvers, less chance of unintentional discharge because of the heavy double action trigger pull. That was the whole reason for New York style triggers, making it really, really heavy for a semi-automatic pistol to be hard to pull. And it's for that person who's stationary, sedentary, not at a range, not shooting competitively. And for the most part, all those firearms are altered. See, back in the day, it was a big chance that you'd hit an unintentional discharge because of that short single action trigger or operating error. People were like, oh, don't put a round in the, in the chamber. And the Israelis still teach that way today. But I've actually learned and trained under Israeli Defense Force um, instructor and seen how they teach and seen how it's used and shot a couple of courses. And once you learn their system, it's the same. The key is mastering yourself. You can do anything. The human body is amazing. If I have to draw from concealed, so I have the element of surprise, if I've been trained in the Israeli method, I can do it just as fast as I did it if I didn't have to do the chamber of around. Why? Because I've trained to do it that way. On the revolver side, it's more reliable if you get a bad round. And remember, semi-autos are reliant on the firearm, on the round ammunition that actually has to work well or you're done. Semi-autos are more mechanical. I say that in that you might be able to feel strip the Glock in the 33 pieces, but you can't take your Smith & Wesson 66 apart. It's like a Swiss watch once you get that thing all down to nothing. 
but the simplicity is in how it's working. Like you can clean it without disassembly. That's one of the pluses. And you have to dis disassemble and feel stripped a semi-automatic pistol for cleaning. Over the long term, security guards, uh, law enforcement type, less maintenance sensitive to domestic use. You can just sit that thing around less critical of various ammunition types or the ammunition quality in a revolver. Again, that's the reason why a lot of police officers used to carry them. John Browning and the 45s and the 9mm, all those things have been around a long time. They just came into strength recently with the hybrids of uh, MMPs and the Glocks and you name it. But see, back in the day, it was critical of that perfect magazine. The magazine lips were everything and having the right magazine with the right spring tension and having magazine failures, that's pretty much gone. You don't hear that as much as you used to. But back in the day, that was the reason nobody wanted to carry a 45 or a 9mm. Now, different story. For revolvers, it can be hard to carry backup ammo. Strips and speed loaders have never been small or easy to carry. Just how it is. On the other side of the coin, you can just put a whole bunch of uh, magazines around your person and you're good. But you can't have a whole pocket full of ammo and hand load a semi-auto like you can a revolver. Recoil-wise, I say it's better for a semi-auto, meaning it's, you'll feel it less depending on your ammo. Because it's being used. Plus side. For revolvers. Uh, usually less expensive. For the ammunition. The training time. And the gun itself. And for long. Durable use. Revolver. Again. And again like. Michael Bain says your mileage may vary. But those are like my top 19, 20 things that um, talk a difference between a revolver and a semi-automatic pistol. But I'm going to do a lot more revolver shooting. I actually want to find a Colt Python like uh, that Rick Grimes has on The Walking Dead. Maybe in a six inch barrel. And I had one dog on it and I sold it way back in the day. But I want to get one now and uh and shoot that thing for competition and whatever. Maybe. I'm saying that as I look at my Glock. Which has never failed me. Or my trusty Browning High Power. Which I've taken into risky places. And done some amazing things with. Alright. If you look at the news right now. Some of that stuff will get you really depressed. And I was just thinking. Is this like the end of days? Is like the world about to end? What's happening? And that small, still voice in my head and my spirit says, no, this is just like low tide. And I thought, oh, oh, yeah, that's deep. Low tide. Tides are the rise and the fall of sea levels caused by the combined effects of gravitational forces exerted by the moon and the sun on the rotation of the earth. Uh, tides kind of happen all the time and nobody pays attention to them but they're constant and I think that's the same thing happening 
with our culture and our world right now. Not just the U.S., but the whole world is kind of going through a low tide of some sorts. I know it's like wintertime here and in the U.S. and usually rainy and cold. And you don't think about the beach much, but think about low tide. If you've ever gone to the beach during low tide, you can walk a lot further out before getting wet, per se. And um, you'll see a whole bunch of ugly stuff. You'll see the trash people have dropped. You'll see the the crustaceans and the, the shells and where the, the water is really low and the mud. And you can see all that stuff. That's pretty much where we're at right now. We're seeing a resurgency of a situation or state of affairs that's kind of confused or full of difficulties. That's kind of like how our people are right now. Young people are protesting as they have since the 60s. Today, I think most of them are stuck between a feeling of hopelessness and being used. Most are uninformed and just angry and fed up with more than just to put their signs say when they protest. The anti-right side is trying to leverage something. Politicians are still doing their thing, lying, and Virginia comes to mind. They got a new governor who's not pro-rights at all, but what the Virginia Citizens Defense League has put in place will hold for now. They, like all of us, need to hold the line. Don't relent, don't rest, and the price of freedom has always been vigilance. I was writing something the other day, and my email popped up, bloop, and Malcolm from Australia sent me a cool note. I'm going to read that to you. He says, been listening to you a while, since 2008. Finally got around to getting my H1 license. That's the handgun club use and only legal purpose for use in Australia. He has to wait another six months before he can own a pistol. Oh, well, we're lucky that 99.9% of all the time we don't need a gun for defense. Just as well, because it's legal anyway. I really enjoyed the podcast, missed the scenario, shoot, don't shoot. And he has a question for me. He says, does the end justify the means? And he's talking about the agency, of course. He says, in my opinion, a country, any country, has to have moral standards or what does it stand for? I think that the U.S. is a great country governed by leaders of questionable values. We all want to be Americans, LOL. Gore Vidal and Gerald Salente had have some views on this which are worth listening to. I feel you are getting to the end of the line with the podcast. Sometimes you sound a bit down. I really appreciate your perspective on life and the stuff not about guns. It's just as interesting. Thanks, dude. I guess it's your preacher side that comes out. So keep at it as long as possible. We do seem to get more shooters in Australia, but it only takes one incident to start the anti-gun campaign again. Wish we had someone like you in Australia who could push the agenda. The SSAA is not the NRA, although a lot of your content is only relevant to the U.S. because AR-15, Second Amendment, but he's learned a lot from it. And one thing that stands out is that the normal, sensible people who own guns One thing that stands out is that it's normal, sensible people who own guns in most cases, he says. Anyway, thanks and have a great Christmas with your family. Thanks, Malcolm, man. Appreciate that, dude. Thanks for letting me know that I ain't by myself. And all thing I'm going to say about the agency is that it's made up of people and we don't have all the information. What you hear and see in the news and what politicians let out isn't even a portion, a portion of it. what's the deal what the truth is can't take the real deal it's even better to be the be- the boogeyman than to give you the truth because we can't handle the truth not supposed to 
it's been to work since 1942. But on the good news, I think um, our side is winning the cultural battle. Um, but the Pew study is talking about the African-Americans and people of color in the U.S. that are totally uh, finally realizing that they have the right to keep and bear arms, too. Um, it's going to add to the numbers of people. It's going to change the conversation a little bit. We're going to go through like a crazy time, too. That's why, again, it says low tide. This is like right around the 1990s. No, let's go back before that. 1919. The economy was bad. The money situation was bad. Um, people need a boogeyman, need to fight somebody. And there was a rise of uh, the Klan, white supremacy. There was a rise of lynching. Violence was everywhere. Sound familiar? Yeah, our, our culture hasn't changed much. Um, whenever you get somebody who's lost of um, hope, that's what happens. Riots in the streets, burning of buildings, loss of life. That's what makes Christmas also oh important and also oh special, whether you Jew or Gentile, atheist or agnostic. Christmas, really, the true message of Christmas is love, hope, and joy. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants more joy. We just kind of masquerade it with Santa Claus and lights and stuff. But it's always a good time to give gifts to people, to show them that you care about them, to have them tell you that they love you. Never gets old. Peace on earth. Man, that's like a beautiful statement. That means no killing in the name of religion, politics, and all the stuff that we kill for. Greed. Christmas is more than just about uh, spending money and gifts and all the commercial stuff that we do. And every once in a while, for a few minutes of that time period of we talking about Christmas, actually, folks think about it. That's the cool part. You can see it in their eyes, again, whether they're Jew or Gentile, Protestant or Catholic, when they realize it's about love, joy, and peace. They'll stop. Stop their selfishness. Stop what they're doing and think about love, joy, and peace. And sometimes, if they stay there a long time, they'll change. For as long as it lasts. And that's what makes it cool. For me, it celebrates the birth of a savior. A person who had been promised for 4,000 years. To do exactly that. To bring love, joy, and peace. Everything else is, you know, can get caught up in the hype. But the hype can't keep you. Only thing that lasts is love. It goes beyond time, space, and life itself. If you boil down why you actually carry a firearm, why you shoot, why you train, why you spend money, because you love your life. You want to protect the life of those around you that don't have the sense enough to protect themselves or they can't. You love your family. You love your freedom. You love, see, the more things you start saying, I love this, I love, it's about love. And every once in a while, I will tell you on this show that I love you and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. I say that as a minister of the gospel, as a preacher, as a person who has traveled and seen much pain. Grew up in a household that was loving, but violent. When things got loud, furniture got moved, people got hurt. But it was love. 
mixed in there somewhere. So as I grew older and it was quiet because again, I love peace. Noise meant pain. Noise meant trouble. So I kind of drifted to the side of whatever brought me peace and joy and love. Became a warrior because I love peace so much. And if I tell you I love you, I will go to the gates of hell to get you out and have done so already. But if I don't love you, I will burn the place to the ground. I only got two sides on and off. So you don't see me get angry very often because you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You see, my faith is more than an opiate to the masses. It's more to me than a a panacea. It's more to me than whatever people say. Well, he's a religious man. I know that it's because of my faith that I'm still here. It's because of my faith that I can love people who are not me. It's because of my faith that I am growing as a person. And I've been kept in check because of love. I would be a different person without Jesus in my life. Oh, talking about Malcolm. Malcolm said, um, look like I was down. Well, no, nah, not really. It comes and goes. Sometimes I get kind of down on. What am I down about? I'm down because I got bills on top of bills. But hey, life is like that. Your credit score doesn't mean you are not worthy of uh, being a good friend. I'm learning a lot of stuff in the last two years of being uh, self-employed. Not all of us bad either. So my my voice is, well, let me tell you some other thing too. Sometimes my voice is somber and quiet because I'm recording at some weird hours in the morning or late at night. That kind of changes your mood too. If I were to talk early in the day, I'd be ah, I'd be fine, high, high energy, you know. But I'm doing it usually with the people upstairs trying to be quiet. Stuff like that. So it's a mixture. Sometimes you get me. You don't know when I'm recording. And the show comes out and it has since, you know, 2007. Sometimes it sounds sad, but I'm okay. Usually, as long as I got you with me, I'm all right. If you stop listening, then I'm done. That's the secret right there. When I see my numbers drop a lot. And I don't hear from anybody. Then I'm thinking about it. All right. okay, Maybe I should fold this bad boy up. But as long as the emails keep coming, as long as um, my patrons still support me on Patreon, because you're actually funding this whole bad boy. Yeah. And I know you do it because you like me. Some of you love me. And that's cool. Back to that being magical again. Christmas every day. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Truth be told, nobody's teaching that because you can't get anything from it except for a better world. Let me break, do some family news real quick. All right, family news. A lot of folks in our community are actually fighting a strange cold flu version and some of us actually dealing with cancer. So you might want to be a little uh, receptive to folks who are got some issues. They might not tell you a lot, but there's some health stuff going on. And then there's a lot of us that are 
got some grief from the loss of loved ones. I'm doing a funeral Saturday coming. Um, I don't know the person, but I've been asked to officiate at the homegoing service. So remember that, even though it's Christmas, everybody's not uh, full of cheer and merriness. And if you're open to it, if your heart is open, you'll be some good. Remember, it's about love, joy, and peace. You can give that just by being an ear, just by being a voice. Don't forget that. You matter. You're important. he left nothing but hooks and some wire, and the one speck of food that he left in the house was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse. Then he did the same thing to the other who's houses, leaving crumbs much too small for the other who's mouses. It was quarter past dawn, all the who's still abed, all the who's still a snooze when he packed up his sled, packed it up with their presents, the ribbons, the wrappings the tags and the tinsel, the trimmings, the trappings. Three thousand feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-poo to the who's, he was grinchously humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up, I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will all cry boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad, why this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry. Very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till this puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. And he brought back the toys and the food for the feast. And he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. Yeah.
All right, this is from Amoland.com, and it's uh, entitled Divine Protection, Don't Count on It, but I like it because it's from John Farnham. He writes Religion and Personal Preparedness. At his training sessions, he says he tries not to give students the impression that he's trying to sell them on a particular brand of pistol, rifle, ammunition, nor any other product or accessory. Of course, he has his personal preferences. He likes certain products and services and freely recommends them, but doesn't endorse any because that conveys the notion that has been paid to say nice things about them. And he has not, nor has he ever been. So he says he's free to say terrible things about any product or service. And he does. Same with his quips that I'm reading for you here. He says, I have strong opinions as any reader of my quips can testify and I do my best to be persuasive. Even so, I try not to sound like a salesman for anything in particular, save honor, dignity, freedom and personal preparedness. He says, my students don't come to me to me in order to listen to ads and I make certain they don't. Likewise, there is a scant discussion of religious faith and partisan politics on the range, nor in the classroom. Again, my students don't come to my class to be evangelized religiously or politically. To be sure, no subject is off limits, but my students are there for a particular purpose, and I won't allow their valuable time to be squandered. See, I like this guy. However, some overlap is unavoidable, particularly where the discussion turns to the use of lethal force and personal protection. And the foregoing brings me to this example. In his quip of 16 December 14, 2014, I admonish leaders or readers to always be working toward personal self-sufficiency, never allowing themselves to become dependent upon handouts, government or otherwise. Chronic dependency upon any false hope is debilitating and dangerous. One subscriber in particular responded with a great deal of anger, accusing me of denigrating Christian beliefs, especially with my comments on guardian angles. He went on to say that such a strong hope is necessary in this world. The problem is, in quotes, hope is not a strategy. All of Jesus' disciples, with the possibly exception of John, were homicide victims. God declined to divinely protect them. They lived out their lives and died, just like the rest of us. They, were, they weren't divinely wafted off into heaven and thus spared conventional death. But we foolishly think we will be. We seriously believe God, seeing that we are in a jam, will lean out of heaven nonchalantly, point a finger, and part the sea. John says, God, in his infinite wisdom, may perform miracles now and then. But for any of us to vainly imagine that we have the right, let alone the ability, to demand that he divinely protect us from harm at any particular moment, especially when we've made no provisions thereto ourselves, is, in his opinion, the height of arrogance and self-deception. The hope mentioned above is scheduled to be realized in the next age. Neither Christians nor subscribers to any other religion get a free pass during this one and Christians and anyone else who are unwilling to work, plan, and build, but who rather sit idle waiting for a convenient miracle to come along at a precisely the right moment necessary to bail their sorry A's out of a self-imposed jam are, yes, foolishly and dangerously delusional. They are exactly like incessantly whining career welfare recipients who are perpetually idle, who never step up to the plate and are content to wait for, quote, the government to do for them what they ought to do for themselves. We all live on a brutally disinterested planet. Neither gravity nor bacteria nor lightning are respecters of person. Mother Nature is a mean B-I-T-C-H. They ruthlessly attack both saints and child molesters alike 
with the same casual indifference. None care a whit about which religion, if any, you adhere to. Addition, bad people do harm to others for reasons apparently sufficient to them, but that we may not understand. Again, they mostly don't care whom you are. No individual nor any group can count on divine protection, and only fools do. Little we can do can change any of that. What we can do is strive to be good and decent people, accomplish much during our brief lives. We can be honorable, respectful, industrious, caring, realistic, courageous, and dangerous. And who knows, God may directly intervene in our lives and make us all millionaires, or he may inflict us with terrible challenges or something in between. But that is his choice, not ours, nor is it our place to presume to advise him in that regard, much less make demands. And then John leaves us with this quote from Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the one who points out where the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows, in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, when he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Thanks, John. And you can find that again at MOLand.com. Divine protection, don't count on it. And I just love John Farnham's quips. The guy is an excellent instructor. And if you can, please find him in 2015. You won't be sorry. All right, the new year is going to have a lot of good stuff coming for us in 2015. So celebrate and don't worry about what has happened in the past. We're going to all move forward and spread a little love, joy, and peace this Christmas day. I want to give a quick shout out to AccuTac. They sent me a really cool... Um, set of bipod that I just hooked up on uh, my AR and a flash suppressor that I have to uh, get put on. That's AccuTac.com. Really a cool system. I'm going to make a video and show you. If you're on my Instagram page, you might have already seen a photo. And thanks to Zeus for uh, highlighting a, a goof I made. If you're not on my Twitter or my Instagram, get on that bad boy. I think I'll try to put a link to it somewhere but you can go to my website and log in if you're not already there also there is a new um, range being built in Beltsville Maryland and the details are yet to come but it's going to be a nice facility I hear best casting is actually looking for um, some folks so if you want to get into Hollywood check out the website I'm going to put a link to uh, their casting Requirement, what they're looking for. Yeah. Gun Owner Society, new form is coming up. It's still in the wraps, still being worked on, but look for that one coming soon. Bullet Safe, uh, my friend Tom has a Kickstarter program. He's actually making a bulletproof baseball cap or bullet resistant. If you want to support that, check them out. There'll be a link to it on the show notes for episode number 407. And I want to give a shout out to my new Patreon members, um, Gene and Janet. It's nice to have the ladies on board. 
appreciate you guys too so much for supporting me on the Patreon page. Email is nice, but nothing says I love you more than cash sometimes when you're looking at the bills and they're talking about, we're going to shut down this thing because yeah, 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 I know. But this too shall pass. You know, I'm, I'm, I am getting ready for some success. I am. I mean, I just feel it. It's all set up for something huge. Speaking of huge, I want to share with you um, some people who have been good to me over the years and I created audio commercials for them. Is the cost of ammo bringing you down? Are you ready to have fun with your firearm again? If you need ammo, your friend and brother from a different mother has the answer. LuckyGunner.com Good prices. LuckyGunner.com If your time is valuable, LuckyGunner.com Order your ammo today. LuckyGunner.com Where you won't waste your time and the shipping is fast. It's 110% guaranteed. LuckyGunner.com HoggerWatches.com In the northwestern city of Maryland, known as Hagerstown, a new watch company begins. The watch is called Hogger. It is designed by you as veteran, a watch aficionado, a patriot that wanted to leave his mark in history, offering a quality watch for the active person that didn't break the bank. Automatic movement, water resistant to three atmospheres. The Commando features a unique fighting knife logo on the back and the Urban Commando look. It's not too big and looks at home both in the office or in the field. Augerwatches.com. Get yours today. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty, and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. And don't forget to check out uh, AnnapolisDefense.com if you want to do some Sims shooting here in Maryland, some force-on-force training. AnnapolisDefense.com. Got some friends over there in the Fort Meade area can hook you up. And I'm actually going to start uh, training again in 2015, teaching some folks. I might have a new thing called uh, Freedmen's Academy. Still working on that one, but um, that's to come. And lastly, but not least, I just got some really cool um, eyewear in the mail today or the other day. And this Impact X is made by a company by the name of Rudy Project. What a name. RudyProject.com. Technically cool is what it's called. But this these glasses are like, you know, they're, they're definitely cool. I like them. You can get prescription um, versions of them. They're really, really light. They have a revolutionary photochromatic and polarized photochromatic lenses. They're impact resistant. Um, they are. They look good. That's the cool part. They're 20 percent lighter than CR39s and 10 percent lighter than polycarbonate. Mm-hmm. If you're again, if you're on my Instagram, you've seen me sporting them bad boys. But I like these, and they're not as expensive as some of those other guys. 
They are called RudyProject.com. Check them out. I mean, I bet they even look good on you. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, verse 11, in the New American Standard Bible says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. to invite you to consider supporting this podcast created especially for you with a monthly donation. Every little bit helps, and with your support, our friend and brother from another mother can go on and grow this show even better. To pledge your support, go to patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun. Thank you. Well, sister, the time has come for me to ride hard and fast. All right, this concludes another week of us being together. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at blackmanwiththegun.com and all my sites on blanchardmediagroup.com. Until next week, shalom, baby. And on behalf of my family, Merry Christmas. <laughs>